The Rock. Yes, hello. Nothing to see here. Nothing to talk about here. Two hours. Did can the, we, can we just play music for two we, hours? Yeah, we'll just play Wonderwall, Oasis Wonderwall over and over again like they did at the stadium after the Lions duly beat the Wallabies 41-16. to 16. And Timmy Horan, good to see you in the studio yeah, here thanks today. Yeah, thanks, guys. Look, we're going to obviously get to the game and we'll, we'll speak to a Wallaby. They did have an after-game function last night and they photographed on the front page of uh, the, was it the Sun Herald, I think, today, with uh, Curtly Beale. Tears flowing down his face, uh, and as you said, it's obviously good how much it means and how much yeah, it means. It's got to hurt. Yeah. It's got to hurt, and I think it does. And with the Wallabies, they all know. Probably apart from maybe one player, Liam Gill, will only get the chance to play against the British and Irish Lions again in twelve years' time. So, yeah, um, I, I popped my head in the dressing room um, after the game just to sort of shake hands with a couple of boys, but they, they were very, very disappointed. And I think because. And Burke, you'd agree. When you lose a test match, you don't mind if you go down swinging and you pull the trigger and you've yep. actually you've actually played some rugby. Um, but they, the turning point was in the first thirty seconds of the game. Yeah, uh, Corbusiero goes over and scores a try. I know you'd even go. We're going to talk a bit late, a bit later, but maybe just for the kickoff, as in the, the the winning of the coin, the toss, just saying we're going to climb into these blokes. Yeah, and then well, in fact, the mistake. Uh, look, I don't really want to relive it, but that's what we're going to do. Uh, and just for a moment, here is some of those very, you know, those moments you mentioned that were a very early turning point. Third and decider. Australia versus the British and Irish Lions at the ANZ Stadium. There's a horrible mix-up, communication breakdown, and not the start the Wallabies wanted. Sean O'Brien is a strong drive for the Lions. That's the goal line ahead. The Australians have stumbled out of the blocks. He's very close. If he gets it onto the pad, it's a try on the post. Australia up quickly in defence. Have they scrambled over? They sure have. Sean O'Brien. It's a lightning start by the Lions against the Shell Shock Wallabies. O'Connor. Stepping. Yes. I think he got there. James O'Connor somehow threaded the needle. Australia back in business on halftime. After 16 years in the rugby wilderness, the hungry lion is back to rule the jungle. 41 play 16 at the Olympic Stadium. There it was. Uh, I, I'm not usually the kind of guy who wears the, a jersey when I go and watch any any sport. But last night, I, saw, I got myself a, a new Wallabies jersey. Yeah, did you really? I was so confident. Uh, what, put it over your suit? Or? No, no, I wore oh. my suit over the top of that. Okay. Uh, and went, uh, you know, went off to the pub to watch the footy. Yeah. Uh, gee, I had to take it off about half time. It was just so overwhelmed. The number of Lions fans yeah. in the pubs, not only just out yeah, there, just phenomenal. Yeah, like, and I think they've also, there's a lot of um, expats here as well yeah, who pull the Lions jersey on. But yeah. the great thing about the Lions um, tour every 12 years is they've, 12 years ago, they really taught us how to wear a gold jersey and, yeah. and support the Wallabies when you go to a test match. Usually, you know, you're wearing your sort of your, your jacket with the patches on it. Yes, now, right. now the jersey, the gold jersey goes over top of that. So <laughs> we, we, we're passionate about the Wallabies, but we just haven't really shown it since. 12 years ago. 41-16. We are going to examine it forensically for you over the next couple of hours here on The Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. Jam, even flow on The Ruck, all thanks to Rebel, home of the British and Irish Lions, official supporter gear, and there's a lot of that being worn proudly around the streets of Sydney as we speak. Uh, if you are a Lions supporter and you're, you know, you're, you're conscious this morning, uh, give us a call. Yeah, one the streets three, are very quiet. Very quiet. Very quiet. <laughs> one triple three five three. Uh, if you can make it to a phone, if you want to gloat, feel free to. Uh, Any time over the next two hours, we're happy to take your call. If you're just walking home, yeah, yeah exactly. Or right. In the taxi, come to the studio yeah. if you have to. <laughs> That's right. Forty-one sixteen. The Lions beat the Wallabies last night uh, to win. Uh, every 12 years, and so it's 12 years before the Wallabies are going to have another crack at it. Uh, you went into the dressing room, like you said last night. It's not something you normally do, no, Jimmy. No, it's only, I've been retired for now for about, I don't know, 10, 12 years, and um, it's only the second time I've gone into a uh, Wallaby dressing room. Um, both those occasions they've lost. I, I don't like to be a hanger-on and go in there when they win a game, but it certainly you know what they're feeling. Um, both Berkey and I have been involved in, in massive losses. We got beaten by the All Blacks by 40-odd points in 1996 in Wellington, and you just feel like sort of crawling into a hole, but you you realise you're, you're representing yourself, your family, your country. But um, yeah, the, the dressing room obviously was very quiet. Will Guinea are very upset. Curtly Beale, they're they're all 
despondent. Yeah. And, and, and Robbie Deans was trying to console a lot of them. It, it was an opportunity last night, wasn't it? More than anything yeah. else. It was an opportunity to put yourself in history. And, and, you know, we've already sort of touched on that first kickoff. Apart from that, I mean, things, they got, they got, out muscled, out play, out enthused, out enthused. Yep. Everything, everything was in favour of the Lions, and and you can't say it was any of the referees' fault, anyone's fault. It was just a case that the, our Wallaby guys weren't up to the mark last night. It's yeah, interesting, well, isn't it? Because we we talked about it during the week, and the fact of the, the after the Melbourne Test and uh, the Wallabies looking so good, and you know, emotional victory for them. And then the Lions go to Noosa for their preparation. We're all thinking, oh, gee, that, they may be sort of over for them. Yeah, they're, they're up there with the lingerie league yeah, exactly. and the water swimming with them. And how good's that? Yeah. And, you know, they're just relaxing. They had two days off up there. There was a the real sense that the momentum was with the Wallabies, but it mm. took so little, didn't it, in time yeah. to realise how switched on the Lions were. Well, I think that also um, when the British and Irish Lions got out to 19-3 yep. and then the Wallabies, they had to score that try at, at half-time by James O'Connor to get mm-hmm. close. So 19-10 at half-time. And then they got back to 1916, and the tide had really started to turn. And mm. You thought, gee, the momentum's with the Wallabies here. Um, so they had to be the next to score. And then British and Irish... And then the Wallabies, Berkey, they missed a couple of high balls. There was three or four high balls that went up, obviously the kickoff, the kickoff at the start of the game. And then two or three others that just went to ground. Communication... I know it was very loud, 80-odd thousand people in the ground. But it, it's a case of... And for, for all the, the young fullbacks out there, always catch the ball in the full. That's the first thing you have to do, yeah. catch the ball in the full. And I thought that James O'Connor went... when. Went after 15 phases, Wallabies uh, turned the ball over. Uh, Jonathan Sexton went left-hand side, put the chip over the top. Yep. I thought James O'Connor could have stretched himself, even if it's just a, a lunging dive. Yes, yes. That's when the ball went to George Smith, uh, George North, I should say, and they kept on pushing the, uh, pushing their way through. But you know, it was just it was just simple things last night. It was simple errors that just compounded the whole pressure of the whole situation. They did pick a big, ugly forward yep. pack, didn't they? Oh, didn't they? Just what? a big, ugly group well, ten, of men. Ten Welshmen in the side, in the starting yep. 15. Uh, Toby Fellatow came in to number eight and you know kept the he ball at the back of the scrum. So their front row, uh, Corbusiero, Hibbard and Jones, were brilliant because there was about six or seven scrum penalties against the Wallabies, and that just turned the whole game. Uh, apart from the first mm-hmm. try where they got away, it turned the whole game. So... Um, the Wallaby Ford pack had come a long way in the front row, especially over the last two or three years, and that's going to take them back a few steps now. You had written during the week, I think, that Brian O'Driscoll should have been both picked and picked as captain. Yep. Was the, the decision justified, do you think, of um, not doing that? Well, I think Jonathan Davis, who was the centre that I would have probably left on the bench, but I, I would have even kept Brian O'Driscoll on the bench. Mm, yeah. um, they had Manu Tuolangi from England on the bench. Like, I just would have had Brian O'Driscoll there in the team somewhere. Mm. Um and to see him after the game, you could see he had a smile on his face, but I got an interesting text from him on Friday um, saying that it won't feel... You're going to meet at the pub at what time? No, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he, he said it won't feel the same not playing even if we win this game. Yeah. And he said you can't sugarcoat it. Yeah. So, yes, he, you know, he'll feel part of the team, but um, he's been on four Lions tours, played eight test matches, only won two of those, both against the Wallabies in Brisbane, mm, uh, yeah. and... He'd be shattered. That sense that the Wallabies were on, were on skates and being pushed mm. backwards, it was, I, I guess, made worse. George Smith being knocked out and then coming back and still looking like he was on rubber legs for a while mm-hmm. there. Israel Folau, of course, was injured with the hamstring. And uh, what do you know anything? Uh, I think about three or four weeks. So obviously he won't be part of the Waratahs against the Queensland Reds this weekend coming up uh, at ANZ Stadium. So, um, and George Smith, it was incredible, Berkey, that he came back on. He mm. um, did a, a flat ball hit uh, Hibbard, the, the um, other hooker. Mm. But he just right the cheekbone. He just sort of scratched his head. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> unbelievable. Thanks for coming. So things didn't go when, when you're swimming against the tide in a game of rugby. It's so so hard to stop it. And um, sometimes you know, kids don't do this, but sometimes you've got to start a fight. You've got to try and start something that can mm. try and stop that flow. This the six-two split. Also in the back, in the in the reserves for the for the backs and forwards. Um, I thought when Georgia went off, as you said, Tony, he looked a bit shaky for a while there. They had the arsenal to hold on to yep. another a number of players in 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 regards to forwards. So maybe Georgia was best served sitting on the sideline. I mean, I mean, I mean, we're making a lot whole of, momentum. Yeah, I don't think we're making excuses no. either for the Wallabies because the British and Irish lines were superb um, to, to win by that many points. And you could see they virtually had the game in the bag. You know, probably about. 20 minutes out from, from full time. The, the way they were playing, the way the reserves came on, it really made a huge impact. Ben Alexander being binned, justified, I suppose? Oh, I think so. I think uh, Ramon Poit, the, yeah. uh, the French referee, um, he said that's happened three or four times yeah. now. He gave um, him enough warning. Off, off you go. Yeah. Yeah, so. Is that it? it, it Poit. Say, Poit. Poit. Sounds Poit. like the sound when you know somebody has spittoon. It's P O I T E. Poit. Berkey. Ramon. 
What? Um, can't do it. Master of special effects. That's, that's, the, only, that's, that's the only French you got. <laughs> it is. Uh, we have plenty to come. We'll wonder what's happening with Robbie Dean. Will he, uh, his future, is it now clouded? We'll get to that and plenty more. We'll speak to a wallaby as well. One triple three five three. if you want to gloat, uh, feel free. This is The Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. Home of British and Irish Lions, official supported gear. The Lions 41 beat the Wallabies 16 last night in uh, Super Rugby. Just get you some scores updated as well. The Crusaders uh, beat the Chiefs 43-15. they come, the Crusaders. Yeah, they every come. year, doesn't it? The Highlanders uh, 49 beat the Hurricanes 44. Defence was the winner on the night there. 49-44. <laughs> I've played in 56-44. 56 with 40 points. Oh, yeah, at 50, Daniel, we're in this. <laughs> That's right. 93 points in a game. There you go. Mind you, I have been in 96 19 as well. So Yeah. You were in the 19 in that one? I was. Mm-hmm. We nearly got the bonus point. Yeah. 34 13. The Cheaters over the Blues. The Stormers uh, beat the Kings 24 to 12. And uh, in a tight one, the Bulls just over the Sharks, 20 to 19. But it's on the lines and the Wallabs who are concentrating just for the moment. Robbie Deans, now the, uh, the big question is, will he now go? What will the timing be? Or will he, he, he keep his job? If it was just, you know, surrounded by this result, was that what people were waiting for? What do you think, Berkey? If it was a close game, mm. like it was in Melbourne, I think you, there'd be more cause to say, well, you know, it was, it was a, it was a tight one. Maybe you could give him a bit of leeway. I think the 41-16 result just does, just showed last night that, well, when I got outplayed, um, there was not a great deal of direction. I thought Curtly Bill was good with trying to up the ante and trying to find something. But again, you talk about just a, a few decisions made. The 6-2 split, the, the experiment at number 10, I don't think worked at the same time. There wasn't a great deal of direction in amongst the team. Mind you, they didn't have any, any ball or thereabouts to actually, mm. actually do that. So questions, real questions have to be asked now. He's been there for a long time, mm-hmm. and then delivering, not much. James Hall will said straight after it, you know, you don't uh, answer that question five minutes yeah. after a test match. And I think they just need to take a bit of a breath. Um, y- yes, there's going to be questions asked this week, and that, that, that's fair enough, but not straight after the game. No. Um, but yeah, I agree, Berkey. If, if the game was a bit close, and it's a real shame that the game blew out to the scoreline that it was. I mean, the Lions deserved to win by that much because they were brilliant on the night. Um, I'm just so glad it didn't happen in the first test match or the second yeah. test match because the whole momentum of this tour would have stopped. Yep. Um, so it's a, it's been a wonderful tour. They've um, they've been all around Australia, the British and Irish lines, and their supporters have followed them. Um, yeah, but Robbie Deans, um, he's been there I think five years now, and and sometimes even in business, if you're a CEO, five years in in the top jobs a long time. Yep. Um, and I, I believe he's done a pretty good job, Robbie Deans. With most other countries apart from New Zealand, um, we just can't get that Bledisloe Cup, and a lot of Australians want that as well. But I think, um, uh, Berkey, I think he, I think Robbie Deans might stay there until after the Rugby Championship. Because he's contracted till the end. He's contracted at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, and the Australian Rugby Union um, and Bill Pulver has said they'll review um, everyone's position after this series. So rightfully so, and. Um, I don't think he'll last till the end of season tour, uh, Robbie Deans. But uh, my my mail is Jake White to coach the Wallabies for two years, you and Mackenzie to go to the Melbourne Rebels for two years, and then after the World Cup in 2015, you and Mackenzie then coach the Wallabies. Okay, so you've got a little succession plan going mm, on there. Mm. Okay, uh, I'm not sure what the Australian Australian rugby public think if Jake White is the new Wallaby coach. That's another foreigner. Yeah. A, a, a South African coming in to coach the Wallaby. I'm not sure, Tony, how you feel about that as a, as a rugby supporter. I'm not worried about it. I, I, we've spoken before, and you've mentioned mm. it before, that you know the, the notion that that top job should be held by an Australian. And I, I, I like that idea, but quite frankly, as a supporter, if Jake White, who's done great things at the yeah. Brumbies, if he's going to deliver wins to the Wallabies, I don't have a, an actual yeah. issue with that at all. Uh, I, I think most rugby supporters, if you get success, success. if you hold that Bledisloe Cup yep. up or Thank potentially yep. the World Cup up, people won't mind. No, I don't mind them standing I mean, you, you and Mackenzie probably deserves a spot. He's done his, um, the Waratahs, he went to um, Paris and had a good season, couple of seasons over there. Look what he did to the Queensland Reds and how he's turned them around from where they were. Mm. So he's got runs on the board and probably deserves his crack at it now. Do you think, um, does it worry you whether the Australian takes over next You just wonder from the public perception, though, Timmy, as you mentioned about what has happened here. And maybe we should ask the public. One triple three five three. As the public. Are you happy with a, a, a foreign coach or, or thereabouts, Jake White? You're right. I understand, Timmy, about you saying if he does well and keeps going and wins, and wins trophies, no one worries about that. Mm. But I think because, and we're seeing it in the cricket as well with Mickey Arthur, and if things aren't going their way, perhaps you mm. just 
you can, you can latch on to something that's yeah. not Australian, so to speak. But so what, what I'd like to see, though, and I really like Robbie Deans as a person, and he's got some really good ideas with the Wallabies. I would love to see him get a crack in the rugby championship against New Zealand, Springboks and Argentina with the side that he's got. He hasn't had the amount of players available the last couple of years like he has now. Um, Jesse Mogg was, was great when yeah, he came off was. the bench, wasn't he, yeah, last night? really so good. Give those guys a crack. Give Israel Folau a go at fullback, potentially, you know, and, and, and try and mould a side to go forward. All right. Well, if Darren Lehman manages to get the uh, Ashes back with coaching the Australian, he can maybe do the Wallabies as well. Yeah. Yeah. Side, side maybe, maybe we should get Robbie Deans to run the drinks like Darren Lehman yeah. did the other night. He put right. the whites on and ran the drinks out for the players. <laughs> well, I didn't say ran. What a shambles, yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> Waddled. Waddled. Waddled out there. Good on you, Boof. One, triple, three, five, three calls <laughs> coming through already. What do you think? Do you want an Australian or who do you want is should Robbie Dean stay? Love to hear from you. One triple three five three. This is the Ruck. This is the Ruck, the Sunday Rugby Show. Yes, and Matt Burke, uh, who put it out there, asking one of the public what the public thinks, uh, and you are the public. When the question was, do you want Robbie Dean? Should he still be coaching the Wallabies? If not, who should it be? Mark from Newport. G'day, mate. G'day. How are you? Very well, thank you. What do you reckon about Robbie? Um, for five years, I've been watching him do post-match wash-ups like he's in a corporate boardroom. Um, we're talking about the pride of the nation here. When we lose, he should bleed, and he doesn't. I think internally he does, uh, Mark. I think he uh, was very upset last night, and but, um, yeah, he probably doesn't show it as much as we would like to, yeah. to see it. All right, Mark, did you bleed last night? Where were you watching? I was sitting at home watching it by myself. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's the only way. I wish I had been home by myself rather than a pub with a million line supporters. Gary from Terrigal. G'day, Gary. Hi, guys. What do you think? What do you... I was absolutely disgusted, mate. I, I Honestly, I believe that Robbie Deans needs to go. We need a hard nose in there, mate. The Aussie cricketers have done it with Darren Lehman. We need to get Ewell McKenzie in there, someone that these guys are going to respect. And he can put a bit of grunt back in the side, mate. And um, yeah, we're going to we're going to see our uh, three cheers again with the, with the Wallabies, mate. With this Blake back in the side, Gary. Do you think we can beat the All Blacks uh, this year with the side we've got at the moment? No, nah, no, nah, definitely not. What who, who, who were the, what were the changes you'd make? Um, oh well, I, I just don't think there's uh, an, enough grunt in the forward pack, mate. Right, really not. Yeah, they got pushed around last night, didn't That's, they? They got <laughs> smacked. They got smacked. Yeah. Well, the issue was last night is the British and Irish Lions, they worked as a pack yeah. and they went as one, whereas the Wallabies, you could see they were trying. There was no lack of effort from the Wallaby forward pack, mm. but they looked like they were probably more individual, mm. you know, especially in the scrums and at the ruck time. If that, that group of gentlemen worked as a pack right in, you know, into a nightclub, wouldn't it be terrifying when they arrive? Oh. The British and Irish <laughs> Lions. The singleton. Oh, yeah, yeah, I reckon, Timmy, I reckon you know, with, with George, Georgie going off, George Smith going off, I think that's made a bit of a dent in the, boy, in the boys' confidence as well. They've so, spoken yeah. that all week about how inspirational was going to be, yep. and all of a sudden he became, well, they're about to redundant. Mm. Yeah. Luke, g'day. G'day, guys. Just, um, what, what about, uh, I mean, look, I, I don't know really whether he should go or not, but I think we need to get some passion back. Why don't we grab someone, you know, uh, grab a household man from the 91, 95 sides, um, you know, and get them coaching these guys, get some passion back. I mean, as a rugby follower and, and being a schoolboy during that time, you wouldn't miss a game, you know, and, and now... Well, to be honest with you, I, I don't think there's a hell of a lot of people that are, that are interested other than the, the you know, 40-odd thousand gold caps that were there last night. I really don't think there's there's much passion there. Not a bad idea, Luke. Uh, the only problem is 95 got kicked out in the quarterfinal of the World Cup, so don't bring any of those blokes on. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be 99. I think you're right, though. I think that there's maybe a, a time now for those guys, and there are a current, a current crop of coaches coming through. Stephen Larkham down at the Brumbies, uh, Nathan Gray uh, doing some good stuff uh, down in Melbourne at the same time. So... There is a succession at the moment where those guys are coming through, but I think you're right there. Maybe, uh, maybe drawing a bit of history. Are you too busy? What's going on? Yeah, yeah, I'm busy. <laughs> you yeah. busy? I'm done. Actually, I'm, I'm going to coach one day. Are you? Uh, yeah, I'm going to come uh, get out and coach one day, but it'll be uh, second division in Italy. Late Como. Can we do the show from there? Yeah, we could do that. <laughs> Excellent. It's the Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. This is the Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. And this is The Ruck on Triple M. Thanks to Rebel, home of British and Irish Lions, official supporter gear. All right, we have talked about Robbie Deans and uh, some of you believe that he should go. I guess the people who ran out in the gold jerseys last night would, you know, they have to bear the, the brunt, don't they? Yeah, the that's take a bit more responsibility as well. I mean, Robbie Deans wasn't the person on the field who dropped the, the, the kickoff in the game. He didn't miss tackles. He um, So I, mean, I think the players do take a bit more responsibility and... 
Uh, it, we can't always blame Robbie Deans. It's an easy option, too, to go straight to the coach after a loss. When, um, when you win a game, you go straight to the players. Yeah. Um, the yeah. coach bears the brunt every time you lose a match. So um, the players will have to put their hands up, take responsibility, which I'm sure they will. Uh, and, you know, time will tell where, whether Robbie Deans, Berkey, gets a chance to coach through the rugby championship or not. What about the changes? Do you think that, you know those guys? Whether they're thinking about the rugby championship, who you, do you see? You know, O'Connor, I guess, has been the one people have talked most about that number ten spot. And what did you think? Obviously, the try was terrific last night. Uh, uh, otherwise, what do you think? I, th- I think the try showed his ability to beat a man. You know, he, he's got that fast feet, the step right, the step left, and you know he, he kept his balance and he scored the try, which is great. It, well, it, Berkey individually, he's brilliant. That's that's yeah. that's exactly it, Timmy. So when he's got one on one, he can do that. But constructing the play, and, and if you looked at the contrasting games between Sexton and he last night, mm. it, it mm. was it was so different. The, Sexton, yes, they had momentum, yes, they created opportunities, but the opportunities were created by. Passing the ball outside, uh, just giving the guys outside an option. And unfortunately last night in that game, the Wallabies had to chase. So they were trying to do a lot of things by themselves. But I don't think that if you call it an experiment, I don't think the experiment worked. I don't think those guys, um, blended enough or well enough together to construct the game, to mm. give the guys on the outside opportunities. I think uh, that's what they missed last yeah, night. Yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of talk now about Quade Cooper and yeah. it's been good that Quade Cooper's been very quiet. Over the last five or six weeks, he hasn't commented, hasn't mm. said anything at all about not being in the team. Uh, and I spoke to Robbie Deans on Thursday night on uh, Fox Sports Rugby HQ and said, have you spoken to Quade? He said, not for the last three weeks, but I really want Quade to show us what he can do so he can get back into this team, into this squad. So he's not out of it, um, but it, it shows what Quade Cooper can do with his long passes, how he engages the people outside of him first and then thinks about what he can do after that. I think I think also you have to take the the, the notion that O'Connor is a very good player. I mean, he's a very good player, and he should be in the team. I think he, there should be a spot yeah, for oh, him, yeah. but maybe one wider, maybe oh, two wider. Probably on the wing. That, well, that's yeah. what I was trying to get to. Yeah. <laughs> how, how many wider? Wider than, wider than ten. Uh, he could carry the water bowl every now and then. No. Uh, on Berk, the wing. Berkey, Berk, do you put... Um, some people are saying Curtly Beale at ten, but I think Curtly Beale is a very similar player to James O'Connor if you put him at ten. Like, he's a wonderful individual player, mm-hmm. um, but you've got to be able to ignite the players outside of you. It, the looking at... Looking at the way the Super Rugby sort of panned out this year, um, someone like Bernard Foley has been done really uh, has done really well. He's done Matt, really Matt well. Matt Tamua yeah. has done incredibly yep. well. It's just about guiding the, the, the team around. And and sometimes I've said it before. Sometimes you just got to be sort of a stock standard bloke, just straight up and down, catch the ball, catch the ball. Every now and then, find your find your, your your little mojo and have a little run yourself. But it's about distributing the ball to other players and putting the team in the right spots. Yeah, well, you're the quarterback. That's what you are. Yeah. So you've got to try and orchestrate what's going on. Make sure the forwards know exactly when to, when to run off the halfback. Make sure the forwards know exactly when you want the ball and deliver the guys outside of you. Just what? a few less zeros on his contract. <laughs> what about those forwards? Uh, do we have enough blokes with uh, ugly melons who want to stick them into unusual places like the, the Lions did? They were having you know, that dominance... Yep. was unsettling, I would have thought. Yeah, I thought Kane Douglas was really good last night. I thought that, um, and he's going to be a, a huge prospect going forward. Um, have we got the right full pick? Yeah, Ben Moen was a good selection. Yep. You know, I, I thought that um, Ben Moen had, had probably probably one of the better series mm. than in the forward pack for the Wallabies. Um, James Horwell, uh, obviously a wonderful player, wonderful leader. But as I said, Tony, in a game like that last night, when you're swimming against the tide, it's so hard to stop. But I'm not sure, Berkey, what you think about the forwards and I mean, Sileki Tamani's a, a, a good player. Uh, and I just think we need that size and that strength in that forward pack. And also some mongrel. Yeah. Um, Wycliffe Parlow was pretty good throughout the series. Scott Higginbotham to come back as well. Um, mm. you know, there'll be a while though. There are other couple of players, Hugh Pyle even to come back maybe. Uh, it, it, you're right, Timmy. It comes down to being, one, being aggressive, but two, being smart at the same time. And, and I think we got outsmarted on occasion at, at scrum time as well. And, and, you know, once the momentum shifts and, and, Roman what? gets the gets the idea that it's going the wrong way. Then you then you then you all of a sudden you, you're right. I mean, you, you're fighting at the moment, and whatever you do doesn't work. And um, you know, just last night you could see it. There was no clean ball for for the Wallabies to play off. And and you always talk about the guys up front have to set the platform. Will George Smith play another test? Do you think? Um, I don't know because uh, his Japanese club side Suntory Sungoliath yeah, Sungoliath Suntory um, they will want him back at some stage because he's on loan yeah. uh, and I think they probably would have said okay well 
he'll go and play for the Brumbies now. And if the Brumbies go a bit further in Super Rugby, that's as far as he'll go. He'll then go back to Japan. Right. Mm. Okay. Well, he probably won't remember his 111th game. No. <laughs> this is the Ruck, the Sunday Rugby Show. We've talked a fair bit about the the Wallabies and their performance. Uh, how impressive were the Lions? And I guess. Uh, Timmy, you were saying the things that people remember about this tour. What are the, some of the things, I guess, the moments or players or players that uh, you remember? Yeah, I think that um, you know every 12 years the Lions come out here and, and 12 years ago people were talking about Justin Harrison's win in that last line-out in the third test match. Yep. Um, the, the couple of tackles that Matt Burke missed in that first test match to let Brian O'Driscoll score. <laughs> just one tackle. Yeah. Oh, was it, that was a, <laughs> it looked oh, like... Actually, just, no, no, two, because Scott Quinnell ran over me as well. That's so, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just score his tries. Yeah, yeah. Three yards. <laughs> I think what's... I've got him, no, no. What, what, what stands out for me is the, the first test match in Brisbane, it was built up as such a massive test match and it lived up to all expectations. George North's try uh, and also Israel Folau's first two tries uh, in his first test match was, was unbelievable. That, that sort of set the standard. Um, Did you like during the week the uh, the wag, of course, after the, the tackle, George North with his rough flower on his back? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, the backpack. Really, yeah, yeah. Agam was that. Agam <laughs> was that. Very good. Very good. Uh, and then probably one last point is, is the British and Irish Lions fans, they really make this tour and they, they bring the, all the cities alive with um, their red jerseys and, and the way they sing and they were so polite to talk. You talk to a lot of Australian supporters and they're all saying how polite the British and Irish Lions fans were right throughout Australia. Um, I got up for breakfast in my hotel Saturday morning. So yesterday morning, mm-hmm. 8 o'clock, I get up to read the paper and have a bit of brekkie, bacon and eggs, and there was five British and Irish Lions supporters at the bar with a pint of Guinness <laughs> at 8 a.m. in the morning. So I'm not sure how they fared at 8 o'clock yes. that night, 12 hours later, but they, they certainly make this tour something special. Yeah. Well, I think, I think perhaps the biggest call was the changing of personnel from the second to third uh, test match as well and by Warren Gatlin by Warren yep. Gatlin uh, Brian O'Driscoll not playing you mentioned before Timmy who was uh, he was gutted about not playing I can I, I can imagine so but Jamie Roberts it, it, it justified his decision he won the Grand Slam for Wales um, he was Wales won the Six Nations this year with a, a big display over England at the mm-hmm. end there I'm sure he was there or thereabouts Rob Howley was was coaching uh, or, or interim coach but I think this vindicated his decision making process yeah. in, in saying he's a good coach if it went the other way it would have been catastrophic. But um, the only saving grace now is that Brian O'Driscoll didn't play mm. and the Irish would have said they would have won by more if yeah, he probably, did yeah. play. So <laughs> either way, he's sort of you know on, on a hiding to nothing with the Irish anyhow. But that decision last night, obviously then Robert's scoring, yep. um, was, a, uh, was a massive tick in the yeah, box. Yeah, a big, big rap too to Lee Halfpenny, oh, the, the fullback for the Lions. Uh, unbelievable. He, um, you know, player of the, of the series and he was player of the tournament, the Six Nations tournament yep. early this mm. year. Uh, only a little fella, but yeah. gee, just can kick goals straight up and down and set up two tries last night. And that's that was the biggest one last night. He showed he could actually run. He counter-attacked a couple mm. of times. He instigated a, a bit of running back there. And, he's, and his movement, as you said, Timmy, not a big bloke. His movement was more subtle. He got around a couple yep. of players. Short ball, one on the outside, one on the inside to Sexton to mm. score his try, one on the outside to North. Uh, he was great. And then those... The the ball. It'd be great to get a camera or or a, or a or a microphone next to the ball as he kicks it. You just hear this massive thump. It just goes like a mm. rocket. Mm. It's yeah. just. It was really important for the Lions to win last night because they hadn't won since 1997 against the Springboks. They tour in four years' time to New Zealand to play the All Blacks. Mm. Probably doubtful they win over there. Yeah. So you know if they'd. L- lose against the All Blacks the in, yeah, in four years' time. They'll probably then tour to Uruguay just to try and get a win. So <laughs> it, it was important for them to win last night as well. The thing we did win consistently, though, uh, was the national anthem. Uh, <laughs> yeah. no, no, no contest, really. Mm, no. Uh, three times in a row we won the national anthem, I thought. Uh, the, was it Especially two, week 2005? Two. Week two when was he held sensation. It. He just nailed, nailed, it, nailed it. 2005, I think they did actually have an anthem, didn't mm. they? they? The Power of Four. The Power of Four. So Clive Woodward. Yeah, that's right, in, right. in New Zealand. But uh, other than that, there's no anthem, which I think is a bit of a shame because it's a group of boys who just want to sing. Just some kind of remix or something. Some sort of remix. Well, we actually, during the week, uh, on the Rush Hour on Triple M, it's not, not really a remix. It was just an, a, a, an excuse to put some anthems together <laughs> and also for Ray Warren uh, to sing in Welsh. Mm. Uh, which is a, a catastrophic sound, uh, and go, this is, is the anthem they should have had. I'm <laughs> 
Ray Warren cannot sing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what about that? His wife, though, is Welsh. Uh, so he, he told me he was very good on the actual on on I'm the Welsh. All, I'm all over this. Yeah, not, not, <laughs> no, he's very good on the Welsh. Did yeah, you say? Yes. In Welsh. Oh, in Welsh. In, right. in Welsh. Any any language yes. whatsoever. This is a rock on Triple M. This is the rock, the Sunday rugby show. Oh. This is it for Australia. There's the header. The rock. Yes, good morning. Uh, this is the last of our special British and Irish Lions tour shows. For 12 uh, so years. We'll be back in 12 years time to another one. <laughs> That's exactly right. Before then, we are, we, uh, we've learned this morning, we're going to Italy with Tim Horan when he does his coaching stint. Uh, yeah. We'll be doing the show from there for a season. That'll be lovely. I'll get you a scooter each. Oh, wouldn't that be good? Just a little Vespa. Yeah. A Vespa. That's what I get. Mm. Have you, are you good on the Vespa? No, I'm not. No. Right. No, I'm good on the, uh, the 250. Um, Kawasaki. Nice, the, yeah. the green yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. If you've just woken up uh, and you would think it was just a bad dream, sadly it wasn't. The Lions mm. did win 41 to 16 over the Wallabies. Uh, the Wallabies went backwards, really, from the word go with that knock-on from the kickoff. I'm not sure who to blame. Was it Kane Douglas moving backwards? Was it Will Guinea not moving forwards enough? It was Will Guinea who certainly dropped the ball. Uh, I don't want to play the blame game, but I'm blaming Will Guinea. Yeah. Uh, we will, we're tracing a, uh, a Wallaby player to, to speak to in this hour. Probably Peter. won't be Will Guinea now. <laughs> <laughs> it might be Will Guinea. It could be Kane Douglas. Yes, yes. <laughs> the, hard, the hard part about that is, and we've spoke, we spoke about it earlier on today, that... The, it's the ball's going up and it, it's, it looks like it's going to be Kane Douglas. Yes, it's mine. It's mine. It's just drifting into me. It's yours. No, no, it's yours. And it's like, oh, it's a, the mistake there is the guy coming forward has to catch the ball, yeah. not the guy coming back. It's like when you, the, the All Blacks used to put up a high ball to you, Berkey. Yeah. And mm. Berkey's under it. He's waiting. waiting. How, Timmy, Timmy, how am I looking? I've got time. <laughs> oh, it's going to be close, mate. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> love well, that moment is included in this. Just a little package if you've just woken up and uh, want, be, want to be reminded of what happened last night. Third and decider. Australia versus the British and Irish Lions at the ANZ Stadium. There's a horrible mix-up. Communication breakdown. And not the start the Wallabies wanted. Sean O'Brien. It's a strong drive for the Lions. That's the goal line ahead. The Australians have stumbled out of the blocks. He's very close. If he gets it onto the pad, it's a try on the post. Australia up quickly in defence. Have they scrambled over? They sure have. Sean O'Brien. It's a lightning start by the Lions against the Shell Shock Wallabies. O'Connor. Stepping. Yes. I think he got there. James O'Connor somehow threaded the needle. And Australia back in business on halftime. After 16 years in the rugby wilderness, the hungry lion is back to rule the jungle. 41 play 16 at the Olympic Stadium. Yes, thank you, Gordon Bray. In that call there, where we did hear the uh, the kick off and the knock on from Will Genia, there was a little voice in the back in, uh, back of the commentary box that went, "Oh, <laughs> whose voice was that, Burke? That could have been me. <laughs> that could have been me. You're actually supposed to talk when you commentate, Burke. Yeah, yeah. But just oh, kind of, oh no, just a series oh, of oh. I actually got the call from the uh, for the boys going. Listen, you're not at home, like just sort of watching it. You got to actually say something. He's like, "Oh, I catch it. Oh, what a me. Oh, that's great commentary because I was in the pub and that's exactly the sound that's exactly that 150 think... people in front of a television. Exactly. They all said. Oh, Oh, sadly. Uh, next, as I said, we are going to speak to a Wallaby very shortly, but uh, before that, we've been uh, choosing the Ruck's ultimate Wallaby side. There's just a couple of positions to be finalised. I think one might be inside setter, one might be fullback, uh, and I'm the man responsible for picking those two positions. Okay. Then there's a captain and coach. Do you want a cup of coffee or anything, mate? No, no, no. You're okay? No, just leave You're me captain or coach, yeah, for our tour. Yeah, for the tour. So it's all to be done. I'll get to those positions on the uh, the Wallabies, the Ruck's ultimate Wallabies, next. This is the Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show. Green Day, hitch and a ride. This is Triple M, The Ruck, on Sunday morning. Just talking some rugby with you. The Ruck's Ultimate Wallabies. The Wallabies. The Ruck's Australia. Ultimate Wallabies. We've had a top time selecting, well, Timmy and Berkey have, the Wallabies. Now, it's a terrific side so far. Let's run it quickly. This run is our ultimate Wallaby team yeah. of all time. Is of all right? time, yeah. yeah. What all do you mean? Is that right? You've been picking yeah, it. Yeah, I know. But I was just uh, making sure that <laughs> yeah, the chairman of selectors were okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there were mixed messages, obviously. Well, you know, what could be, obviously, we want people who are great. Mm. But we also want good tourists. Yeah. yeah. That was very important, we thought. Uh, the front row of Andrew Blades, Dan Crowley and Tom Lawton, uh, well, picked itself, really. Eelsy, John Eels and Steve Cutler in the second row, in the back row of George Smith, Mark Lone and Willie Offhangay. It's a very strong pack. 
Very strong oh, pack. Yeah. We, There'd be some passion there, wouldn't yeah, there? Yeah, wouldn't there? And we're moving to the halves. Kenny Catchpole and uh, the great Michael Liner on the wings. David Campisi and Gerald. What about David Campisi in the, the Legends game that was played at North Sydney yeah. Oval mm. on Thursday? He's, I think, 52 years old. Yeah. Apparently just absolutely wowed them. Yeah. He's still got it. Yeah. He's still got it. 12,000 He told me he has. Yeah. <laughs> Did he still not get tackled and didn't make a tackle? Yeah. I think well, as he uh, as he got close to being tackled, he just throws the ball. That's how he scored that try yep. years ago. He just throws over his shoulder. He doesn't care. <laughs> 12,000 people turned up in North Sydney for that Yeah. For that it game. was a great uh, concept that the classic Wallabies um, yeah. played uh, three games. Well, the classic Anzacs played in Brisbane. So Triple M's Greg Martins from the grill team in Brisbane put that together. Mm-hmm. They had about uh, 12,000 people at Ballymore. Then they had a game on the Thursday night in Melbourne yep. as well, which they lost to the British uh, Lions um, Classics. And then another one at uh, Thursday night at North Sydney Oval. So it was a great concept. It got spirited. It, it very I spirited. heard. Stephen Larkham mm-hmm. was throwing the uppercuts uh, on, really? on Alan Quinlan, yeah, yeah. In, in the game in Melbourne. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Was, Jeremy Paul played it, as well. It noted. Jeremy Paul played after telling me that he had done his hamstring sneezing. In <laughs> uh, the halves, Ken Catchpole and Michael Liner. We said David Campesi also on one wing, Joe Roth on the other. Outside centre has been selected, and it is, of course, Jason Little, which leaves us uh, a inside centre position and a full-back. Look, and I thought I had to become involved here because there's, um, well, is it conflicting? Your mm. interests are a little bit conflicted. Uh, I'll throw some names at you in the full-back department. Uh, Chris Latham, terrific player. How good was he? He terrific was brilliant, player. Chris yeah. Latham. Yeah. Um, Marty Roebuck. Oh, he was sensational. Yeah, so good. Yeah. Uh, well, Stephen Larkham, I don't know what he, he's... He started it. started at full-back full before back. he went to number yeah, 10. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, was just, he was just warming a, a shirt. Yeah, just warming a shirt, yeah. <laughs> and that's about all I've got on that list. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 there's another name, M. Burke. M. Burke with uh, 81 wallaby caps. Yeah, he did, did okay. He mm. came off the bench on about half of those, though. Yeah. <laughs> so that, we'll, take that, we'll take that into account. <laughs> Missed a crucial goal yeah. one time, yeah, I think. Oh, plenty of tackles, too. <laughs> Asked Brian O'Driscoll first test the Gabba 12 years ago. Okay. Oh, well, I haven't had Brian O'Driscoll on the line. Uh, okay, well, I'll, I'll come back to that, Burke. Um, okay, yes. All right, now the uh, inside centre position, there are, again, any number of uh, greats. Matty Giddo, and I think, Tim Horan, you talked about Matty Giddo and you, how you wish you had played with mm. him and that, how, how good mm. he is. Wonderful player. Yeah. Uh, Tim, uh, that wouldn't have worked because, obviously, Matt perhaps would have taken the spot, you know what I mean? I mean, he's a good player. He so many pushed, He would have pushed well. out one. Yeah. He would have gone to 13. Right? Would, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about Pappy, Brett Patworth? Didn't Jeez. he have a step and a half? Oh, he, was, he was a very exciting player. He, he, play, he, he, play, league, he played for he? about 13 years yeah. and only played for really probably you know five or six years. He was injured all the time. That's right. That's wonderful right. step on him, Patty. Uh, mm. And Elton Flatley, uh, again, a, a terrific inside centre. And the other name, of course, being the one, Tim Horan. Uh, <clears throat> look, I hate to come across all Mark Boris from Celebrity Apprentice, uh, yeah. but why should I pick you, Berkey? Well, firstly, thanks for the opportunity, Mr Squires, <laughs> to, uh, to be on here. Um, uh, firstly... Uh, um, I would count myself as very reliable under the highball. Uh-huh. Uh, I do have some connections with Heineken as well, so that's, uh, that always helps. <laughs> and I actually scored uh, 10.83956.2 uh, or, or zero two points per game. So You're hired. Thank you. Bang, you're uh, there. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Timmy, I, look, I don't even ask. I was going to put you, I, I would have picked you first and foremost. Yeah, well, I'm actually organising the tour for yeah. this team, so I've got to, I've, I've to be selected. I've, You've I've, got connections. I've, I've got the bus driver's number. I've got the hotel where we're staying in oh, Bermuda. So. It is on. It is on. All right, who's, who's our captain? Have you uh, decided on that? Well, yeah, we have. De- decided on Mark Lone, mm-hmm. captain. Wonderful number eight for the Wallabies and for Queensland for many, many years. And because we're touring, we need a doctor. Yes. So uh, Mark Lone being an ophthalmologist, um, and um, I think you're going to look after us. And also... Well, I was going to say, maybe the vice captain, and it's an unknown fact about this guy, but Andrew Blades, mm. uh, he's actually a solicitor. Really? Uh, well, that, we, we'll, we'll need that on tour. We might need that on tour. So, um, because when we go to Bermuda, then back to Vegas on this tour that we're going on, <laughs> you might need some the hangover. You know, <laughs> yeah, and Dan, Dan Crowley, undercover policeman as well. So it's just uh, working out so well. And, and we've got a coach. When are we going? <laughs> well, the coach. I thought, um, you know, there's the, the ones you can throw out, like a Rod McQueen. Um, uh, you know, Bob Dwyer, that kind of stuff. But I thought maybe celebrity coach as well. Uh-huh. I'm thinking maybe Hugh Jackman. Hugh Just to Jackman, get us into a couple yes. of places, you know, around Bermuda and Vegas and that, and that kind of stuff. Wow. And, and if worst case scenario, he just goes, and the hands come out like Wolverine, and he goes, hey, you know who I am? You have taken this very seriously. Very seriously. You? There you go, the ultimate Wallabies. It's a good looking side. This is The Rock, the Sunday rugby show.
Perspective on The Ruck on Triple M. Uh, we're still chasing up those wallabies. Uh, apparently they did have a function last night. Still a bit sleepy and yeah. probably a bit sore heads, you'd imagine, but we'll catch well, up. Well, a lot of them them. will have to back up for Super Rugby. Um, starts again now after all the test matches are finished. So yeah. Super Rugby, Queens and Reds play the Waratahs uh, down here at ANZ Stadium on Saturday night. Yep. Uh, in fact, we'll give you some results from the Super Rugby. Uh, the Crusaders 43 beat the Chiefs 15. The Highlanders 49 over the Hurricanes 44. The Cheetahs 34 beat the Blues 13. And the Storm was too good for the Kings 24 to 12. And a close one, the Bulls over the Sharks 20 to 19. Uh, just in some other sport around the place uh, in the NRL, the Titans are thumped by the Panthers. I think it was played in Darwin 40 to 18. Uh, the Sydney Roosters continuing on their terrific run. They beat the uh, Dragons. 36-0. I think St. George, uh, as St. George and St. George Illawarra, hadn't been beaten to nil at Cogra until this year. Penrith did yeah. it 19-0 earlier in the season. Now the Roosters have beaten them 36-0. So some trouble there at the Dragons. Uh, the Sharks 36 over the West Tigers 22 and the Melbourne Storm on Friday night beat the Broncos 32-0 in the AFL. Uh, West Coast Eagles 75 over the Adelaide Crows 69. Geelong, this is the, uh, their Kennet curse has been going for a long time now. Beat Hawthorne 82 points to 72 points. The Gold Coast, uh, close, but not close enough against the Lions. 116 to 83. North Melbourne over Richmond. That's a bit of a hold in the old Richmond campaign, which was looking good up to this point. 128 to, uh, 66. And the Greater Western Sydney were in it, but... So close. Uh, so close uh, for their first win of the season. Didn't happen. The Western Bulldogs, 87, beat them to 83. Collingwood, 118 over Carlton, 77. Did you watch the... Uh, have you been watching any of the tennis, gentlemen? Yeah, oh yeah. The semi-final in Wimbledon of the men's yeah. was just unbelievable. Yeah, both Andy, of those. Yeah, yeah, Andy Murray. Andy Murray, of course. In, when you talk about pressure, uh, there'll be a little bit more on him, won't there, as he mm. goes into Wimbledon, the Wimbledon, Wimbledon final against Novak Djokovic. Uh, who, it's, it's funny with Andy Murray, though, isn't he? If he wins, he's Great Britain. If he loses, he's a Scot. Scot, yeah. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe he'll be inspired by the efforts of the Lions uh, and he, he'll get that first Wimbledon win since when? Was it Perry? 77 years ago. Perry, yeah. Just think, he could get his own clothing line out of this as well. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Uh, and the women's final, of course, Sabine Lizicki didn't uh, get the job done. She was bitten by uh, Batholi mm. in straight sets. This is The Rock, the Sunday rugby show. It's the Rock, your Sunday morning rugby show. Tim Horan, Matt Burke, Tony Squires with you. Well, it's going to be difficult, is it? Is it difficult or are you looking forward to turning our attention from this test series which has captured the imagination of everybody around the country, the mm. Lions and their tour here, uh, to the Super Rugby, which is obviously has been uh, running uh, at the same time, but the Australian teams get back into it and the yeah. finals are just a week away. Yeah, well, there's only one round left now for everyone, so uh, everyone's played 15 matches, so one game left, and maybe all the British and Irish Lions supporters can keep the red jerseys on and support the Crusaders or something like that. Or the Reds. Or the Reds. Reds. Why wouldn't you? So <laughs> the way it'll, it'll look like, there's, the game's one game to go sort of next weekend, yep. but... It looks like now that the Bulls will finish on top with the Chiefs. Yep. So they've probably got one on two spot potentially, unless the Chiefs lose in their game against the Blues um, coming up this weekend. That's in but, Auckland. Yeah, the, Br- the Brumbies may finish third by the look of it. Yep. If the Brumbies finish third, what happens in the, the first round of playoffs is that third plays sixth place, mm-hmm. which looks like it's the Cheetahs yep. from Bloemfontein in South Africa. And then the Crusaders at this stage look like they will finish fourth and host the Queensland Reds in two weeks' time for that playoff game. Can you manufacture a a loss not to play the Crusaders because they are finding some form at the moment? They always do at this time of year, don't they? Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. So in the first week, the uh, the top two teams would get get the weekend off. They, I they take do, it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that will be a tough one for the Reds, but they have snuck in there. There, the Waratahs. You know, there's no point really saying it, but it's that one of those what if seasons because oh. they sit just outside, and there were so many opportunities yeah. where they could have got points to be uh, among the the semi finalists, but not to be. The kick against Melbourne uh, a couple of weeks ago when they lost uh, yep. to the Rebels. So the kick, well, it was a tough one again. Um, talk about kicks being so influential against the Crusaders over there in uh, in, in Christchurch. So uh, there was chances. But I think, you know, I think, as Michael Checker said uh, early days, he said, you know, for you guys to talk about finishing you know, in the top six is, is way off from where we are. So mm. for, I think finishing, that, if they finish seventh, if that's how they end up, that's a pretty good result for the Waratahs for, for, the, first first, year. for the first year that Michael Check has taken them over. Yep. Well, they've got a big game to, uh, to finish up on playing the Reds. That's always going to be mm. a great finish mm. to the mm. season for them. Uh, all right, well, what, how do you rate the, the Brumbies' chances first? 
Um, the difficult part is is you'll host that first game in, in Canberra probably Saturday night by yep. the look of it at this stage. If the Cheetahs, uh, and this will be in two weeks' time, if the Cheetahs have to come from South Africa, they'd probably like an extra day. So it'll either be Sunday afternoon or, or Saturday night. Um, the hardest thing is then you don't get a home game after that. So you either have to travel to Pretoria yep. uh, or you have to travel to New Zealand to play the Chiefs. So um, you'd probably much rather... Well, there's no easy game, is there, when you get to that stage. But yeah. the Brumbies, are, um, they've been really strong throughout the year. They play field position. So Jake White, the coach, has them kicking out of their own half. Jesse Mogg's been brilliant. Ben yeah. Moen, uh, Christian Liliafano. They've got a bit more experience now after playing the Test Series mm. as well, Berkey. I was going to say, that that's going to be a such a big factor for them going back. Ben Moen, his leadership in the last three weeks has been outstanding, calling lineouts, yeah, uh, getting exposure for, for Jesse Mogg, the front row. Uh, albeit struggled a little bit last night, but Stephen Moore I thought was outstanding this mm. Test series as well. So they'll go back with a, with a lot of confidence. They'll be, they'll be tired, yep. but they'll be they'll be ready to go, you know, to play for their uh, province. And Georgie Smith, of course, as you say, he'll be there yeah. until the campaign has finished. That's right. Much more difficult uh, assignment for the Reds then, isn't it? Where we talk about that, where, what they're going to have to do to come through. Yeah, well, the Reds play the Waratahs uh, on. Saturday night in in Sydney at ANZ Stadium. So oh, I really wish it was at Sydney yes. Football Stadium. Like yes. you would get, you would probably get close to thirty thousand, twenty five, thirty thousand people at the Sydney Football yeah. Stadium. You get thirty thousand out at ANZ Stadium, and it's like it's there's no one there. No, uh, it's a real shame you have to do that. But I understand financially why the Waratahs are looking to do that. Um, but other games, Crusaders play the Hurricanes uh, on Friday night. The Rebels will host the Highlanders. Um, in a really a who cares fixture down there in Melbourne yeah. on Friday night. Yeah. Um, the Blues host the Chiefs. The Waratahs host the Reds. The Force, the Western Force, will host the Brumbies over in Perth. Um, Sharks and Kings and Stormers and Bulls. So pretty much you'd say, Berkey, the top six doesn't look like it's going to change. Not much change. They may flick around a little bit in between there. Obviously, in the, one, positions, in yeah. the positions, one week to go. But I mean, if, you, if you're going to win the whole thing, you've got to, you've got to beat everyone, don't yeah. you? That, that's a thing. And... and as a part of uh, as a part of what they're trying to achieve, and you look at the Reds and, mm. and Brumbies, if they want to go the whole way, they've got to beat the top teams. We must we must get our recordings back from our first <laughs> first yes. show of the year and Actually, find out yes. who our top six were. Yes, back indeed. Because well, I think Matt Burke picked the Rebels to win the comp, didn't you? <laughs> I, might, I might immediately go to the vault. Go to the vault and, the Ray, and see if we can find out how smart yeah. you boys have been. This is the Ruck, the Sunday Rugby Show. Orange Crush, that is REM, and this is the Rucker Sunday Morning Rugby Show on Triple M. Just a couple of things uh, out of that game last night that we haven't covered. First of all, the, the discussion around Israel Folau has been huge about keeping him in the game. And after game one and two, and the, uh, certainly his brilliant performance in the first one, uh, the efforts you would have thought uh, to keep him would be, you know, huge and important. How did you, have you spoken to him or have you seen him or know how he's feeling or if there's any, been any indication? Um, from what I gather, um, the Australian Rugby Union and the Waratahs are pretty close to gaining his signature. I think Izzy probably would have wanted to wait to, until after the Test Match series mm. um, to make sure his mind's right and and reassesses what he wants to do. I, I just hope that whatever he does, Israel Folau, he stays with a code for three or four or five years and has a legacy at the end of it um, and has a an opportunity to play for the Wallabies if he decides to go that way for uh, go through the next World Cup and after that win a win a Bledisloe Cup, um, get that that sort of opportunity rather than jumping around different codes. Now I think if he goes to rugby league, great, stay there for five, six, seven years. If he if he stays in rugby, stay there for a period of time. Um, he did tweet last night saying one of the most amazing experiences of his life the last three weeks playing yeah, right. in that Test series. Uh, and said thanks for all your support. So. It's, it certainly helped, though, didn't it? The, 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 the line support, the culmination of everything that happened, and obviously yeah. going to that last night's game, yes, he hurt his leg, which is a uh, a, a sad end to the night, but if you can't, and I suppose I'm being a little bit biased now, if you can't realise how good this is and the environment where it is mm. and, and what he's going to achieve coming up with Bledisloe Cups up against South Africa. I mean, South Africa... Uh, he's played over there, obviously, with Waratahs, but the test matches at Ellis Park are, are another thing yeah. again sometimes. So um, there's plenty of opportunity for him to um, to do well and enjoy. Well, I think he'll, he'll get a chance to play against the All Blacks this yep. year, get a chance to play against the Springboks, Burke, as you said. But also, I think he realised, I reckon for me, maybe, maybe before the Lions series, when he toured with the Waratahs and went to South Africa for two weeks, and I think they played over in Cape Town and got the experience of what a rugby tour was like travelling to another part of the world, I reckon that probably opened up his eyes as well. 
I spoke to um, Michael Hooper's dad, a mm. very proud father. Mr. Hooper. Mr. Hooper, yep. indeed, at a, a function on Friday evening. Yep. And he was, when you mentioned that you hope he stays and you know, has a legacy, mm. he was saying that you hope he stays in terms of those things that you remember after you've retired, rather than you know the, the cash or going to you know succeeding in one club and one co, is building those long-term relationships, mm. which I think is a, a very important Well, having thing. mates in the game yeah. for a long period of time and, and people that you could... Um, you know, travel around the world and stay with uh, because you've toured with the game. Um, and as Bill Pulver, the CEO of the Australian Rugby Union, said the other day, your away game for rugby is Cape Town. Your away game for rugby league is Campbelltown. So, um, my, I think a that, beautiful part of the world. That's by a lovely the way, part of the world, Campbelltown. Yeah. And um, you know, there's a lot of rugby that's played out there as well. Mm. Um, but Israel, Sonny Bill Williams, what does he do? Is he going to stay with the Roosters? Is he? And I think he'll stay for one more year and then go back to the the Chiefs in Waikato and um, then try for the World Cup in 2015 with the All Blacks. James Horwell, did that, uh, obviously it's been lost now uh, after the game, but did you think what happened, him having being, being retried, uh, and the, the period of time it took on the Monday night again, after the first one was four hours, again he was there three hours, but wasn't, didn't know until about lunchtime on Tuesday that he was actually playing. Did that have any effect, do you think, on, on his performance? Uh, you're mentioning, you're talking about DJ Horwell, as in double jeopardy Horwell. <laughs> it's just, there's a bit of Ashley Judd about it, wasn't it? Um, the, the whole thing, it would have had to have taken out of him. You know, we, we saw the emotion after that game in, in Melbourne when he, yep. we broke down. I think he realised. Well, he, he point, thought he was probably going to miss the third test match. He's not going to play, exactly yeah. right. Um, I spoke to him on the, uh, Thursday afterwards, I think, or the Thursday, and he, he hadn't slept. He hadn't slept the night of the, mm. of the appeal. And, and he was down at breakfast next morning at sort of six o'clock, you know, waiting for some kind of result. And, you know, I mean, as a part of that, the expectation of what's going on there, the, the press, the, the social media, yeah. it was just hammering him at the I, time. I don't wasn't think it? he would have realised how much the whole process took out of him until probably this morning when he wakes up and goes, wow, that was a massive week. Mm. Um, but he did take a, and he won't use this as an excuse, he did take a calf injury into the test match that not many people knew about. Um, right. So, um, but, you know, he'd be shattered because you get an opportunity as leader of that team to potentially hold up that Tom Richards Cup that, um, you know, he'd be shattered because he's such a passionate player. He did say something I thought was... Uh Quite pertinent at the end of the game. I mean, there was a lot of there was a lot of Lions fans that uh, didn't appreciate what happened and the outcome. And the way he spoke at the end of the game, I thought yes. he held himself incredibly well. And the way he said, "Look, thank you for your support for being around. Yeah. You know, you've made the Lions series." As you mentioned before to me, um, I thought that was just a good touch to say, you know, you are welcome in our yeah. country. You know, what was really interesting after the game is, and I thought this was really good sportsmanship on behalf of the Wallabies. Um, when the British and Irish Lions um, got the Tom Richards Cup and held it up, and then beautiful had their, punch bowl, yes, mm-hmm. and ha- had their photo taken, and they, then they did a lap of honour, which took about probably ten to fifteen minutes. The majority of the Wallabies, apart from the couple of players who were injured, waited mm. at the entrance to the tunnel to clap for the, the Lions to come back around the field to clap the tunnel back into the dressing shed. It was wow. amazing, and there would have been there's only three or four Wallaby players that went in the shed early who were disappointed or had injuries. But the Wallabies stayed on the field mm. and clapped the British and Irish Lions players back in 15 minutes after they'd started that lap of honour. That is amazing. Mm. That's a great effort. We are going to speak with uh, Wallabies' assistant uh, uh, and member, now newly named member of the Rucks Ultimate Wallabies, Andrew Blades, will join us next. A show about rugby put together by rugby players. Why not? Tim Moran, Matt Burke, Tony Squires. The Ruck, the Sunday Rugby Show. Yeah, all thanks to Rebel Home of British and Irish Lions official supporter gear. And you we need are... that supporter gear anymore, though. No. Well, I suppose if you want to, some of them will be getting on the plane, uh, yeah. heading home. Yeah, because they've worn the jerseys for the last three weeks. They three need, weeks. They need to refresh right, up. They, they take some home for other people who couldn't yeah, make the trip could. out, you know, yeah. so that's what you could be doing, I suppose. Or, or for kids. four years' time when they play in New Zealand, <clears> they could go yeah. across there. A lot of husbands will be taking uh, jerseys home for the wives who, uh, you know, allow them to come here by themselves. Well, gee, gee, they want that, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, darling, I've, yeah, thanks wrapped, for the wrapped time. In, wrapped in a Cartier box. <laughs> That's exactly. Yes, thank you very much for this scarf and jersey. Uh, well, there are plenty of them around, and look, it's great to welcome to the show a man who uh, was uh, assistant Wallabies, certainly forwards coach. Like, uh, it's Andrew Blades. He's also a member of the ultimate, the Rucks Ultimate Wallabies. Andrew, good morning. Great, Tony. How are you going? Not too bad, thanks. Thanks so much for being part of the show today. Uh, how are the boys feeling? They must be obviously be gutted this morning. Yeah, shattered, mate. You know, just disappointed with the uh, the way things turned out. Obviously, uh, had high high goals leading into the game and uh, couldn't finish it off. 
Blazy, what um, up front? There were so many penalties in the scrum. Uh, what happened there? Was it the pressure coming through from the British and Irish lines, or what was the what, what was happening? You are um, part of the you know really uh, assistant coach for the forwards. Yeah, yeah. We knew with uh, Remain that uh, the, the ref, you know, that uh, what happened early in the game, he would set the tone from you know what we've seen in in past ones, and I think those couple of early free kicks against us, you know, for going early probably set the mindset, and um, you know from that point on, whatever happened, uh, you know, tended to go go their way, and uh, you know the guys obviously in the end got frustrated and uh, and you know didn't show patience in in uh, that area, so. You know, we uh, we got very much on the wrong side of of that in the game. So you know, disappointing, and it was uh, you know a big factor in the game in the end. Bloody Berkey, what's the chat in the coaches' box? If you if you can tell us at at nineteen three, is is it frantic? Is it is it calm? Are you trying to make a decision to who could come on to make a difference? Uh, well, one of the big chats is you know at that stage, um, you know, we were trying to get some momentum, and, and obviously they were giving away a lot of penalties around the chapel. And so a lot of the chat was around, you know, the way forward. Do we build back into the game with, with uh, you know, penalties and just chip away, or do we, do we try and get a score and get the guys mentally, you know, up for that? And uh, I guess that, that was the latter, you know, the approach. Um, you know, we, we gave away probably, uh, you know, four chances of, of shots at penalties in that first half, but we did end up with a try just before half time. But um, you know. It, I guess you, you always look back at those decisions and wonder whether they were right or not. But uh, you know, I think that was more the talk of really just matter of factly, you know, how do you get back into the game? And there was a point after half time. Obviously, the James O'Connor tried just before half time, and a couple of penalties, penalties after half time, where you were certainly within striking distance. Now that final scoreline, it, it was a dominant performance by the Lions. But in that early stages of the second half, you had some momentum. Was there a belief then that you could get the job done? Well, there was a belief, and uh, you know we. We knew that if we could keep the ball in hand, that we would put them under pressure and force them into giving away more penalties. You know, then we could either keep chipping away at it or, or uh, you know, put ourselves into good positions to score. But you know, obviously, we didn't control the game well um, at that point. Didn't uh, gave away a lot of easy possession and uh, you know kept taking the, finger, the foot off the throat. And uh, you know, in the end, they scored a couple of soft tries. Really, uh, you know, pretty much untouched. Uh, you know, one off a. I put a defensive more where we, we thought we had them in, you know, pretty much killed in, in the touch, and, and uh, you know they managed to uh, go go through untouched off the edge of that. So uh, disappointing with how easily they were able to get those points. Uh, know, Blazy, that, that last twenty minutes. Blazy, where, where to from here now? You obviously review the last three weeks and what went right and what went wrong. Um, do you, as a coaching staff, now sit down and, and review the performance and? Um, then you got the rugby championship coming up in a, in a few weeks' time as well. Yeah, exactly. So we'll we'll spend this week reviewing and also planning. Um, you know, we've got a couple of mini camps uh, leading into the China, uh, the you know Four Nations, and um, you know we, we've got to plan those obviously. And there'll be guys missing from that that are involved in in finals rugby. But there's some new laws coming in around scrum and stuff that we've got to get some work done on. Um, as well, so we'll be planning what that. Is that, is that, is that pushing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll look at pushing this time, <laughs> <laughs> mate. The, the good so, news, uh, though, the good news is, of course, you have been selected in the uh, the Rucks Ultimate Wallabies side. Yeah, great in, tourist, Andrew. Yeah, Blades, is yeah. he a good tourist? Oh yeah, great. Excellent. Tourist. That's that was one of the keys uh, in a front row view. Dan Crowley and Tommy Lawton. Uh, it's a terrific looking side. So congratulations on that, Andrew. Thanks very much, mate. Very, very uh, great honour, and uh, it'd be nice to be touring with those two again. That would be uh, <laughs> certainly, some, certainly some good Brief. times to be had. Yeah, Brief. I'm I too a manager. Look, look like some of those line supporters walking around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just going to come along, sit back, and learn. Uh, Andrew Blades, thanks so much for your time. Much appreciated. Thanks, Tony. Good on you. There he goes, Andrew Blades from the Wallabies. This is the Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. This is the Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. That's the offspring. Days go by, and this is the ruck on Triple M. Just wrapping it up for another week. Before we go, just the things I've learned. I've learned that uh, Matthew Burke does a brilliant person. Well, sort of sound effect. Uh, the yeah. the name of the uh, the referee last night is Romain Twyford. <laughs> do it again. I I really like it. The French referee. Do you have, do you have any other you know, impersonations? No, not not. That's not all you got. No. It was on that movie. It was on that one of those kids' movies years and years ago. When yeah. It was, it's just, it's very noisy. It's the, it's the dripping noise, isn't it? It's the yeah, tap noise. Yeah, that's what it is.
That was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny the fourth time. Yeah. <laughs> you keep going, it's going to get funnier and funnier. Uh, What's happening next week? Uh, a couple of games. Super Rugby obviously back on next week for the Australian franchises. So the Rebels will host the Highlanders on uh, in Melbourne on Friday night. And then the Waratahs, big game against the, the Queensland Reds in uh, Saturday night at ANZ Stadium. And then the Western Force will host the Brumbies. So it looks like the uh, the games in two weeks' time will be the Reds over uh, in the Crusaders over in, in Christchurch. And then the, it looks like probably the Brumbies, Berkey, will host the Cheetahs, Cheetahs. Uh, third versus sixth and fourth versus fifth. So for Super Rugby. All right. It's been nice to have you in the studio, Timmy, but uh, we'll t- speak to you from Brisbane again next week, and we'll catch up with you all again then.